This is a special edition of the Model Railway Show. I'm Trevor Marshall. The National Train Show, one of the biggest exhibitions of its kind in North America, is happening this week in Sacramento, California. It's taking place, as it always does, in tandem with the NMRA National Convention, this year called Extra 2011 West. Otto Vondrack, the guru behind the Model Railway Show's logo and website design, is at the show as part of the Karstens Publications team. He's on the line from the floor of the National Train Show and joins us now. Welcome, Otto. Hi, Trevor. It's good to be here. Now, before we talk about the show itself, you're representing Karstens uh, at the show. Tell me what's happening at your booth. Uh, that's right, Trevor. Uh, well, for the weekend, we had uh, Railroad Model Pressman editor Bill Schomburg. He was here most of the day yesterday talking to readers and contributors and getting new ideas for the magazine. So that was a lot of fun to have Bill around. Bill loves to travel to the conventions. He loves to meet new people, see old friends. So that's one of his favorite activities. We also had author Wayne Wesolowski out here. He helped put together a new book, Model Railroad Structures A to Z, that we just put out last year. It's a book of his scratch building and model building techniques, and he was here doing a book signing yesterday from 11 to noon. We had a lot of readers and a lot of new customers come out to meet him. And Wayne's just a great guy to talk to because he's been in the hobby for so long, and his model building techniques are really something to learn from. We also have Chris Lane, who's the editor of the HON3 and ON30 annuals, and he's been out here all weekend talking up narrow gauge and meeting our readers and contributors and making new friends, as he always does. He is really a wealth of information on narrow gauge, eastern and western. He's a Colorado native, but he's pretty well versed in all things narrow gauge, so he's a great resource to have around. And speaking of narrow gauge, we have a great layout on display in the booth. Bill Iwan, he's a local modeler from... Uh, Sacramento area. He's in Rockland, California, and he made a really nifty HON3 layout here. It is based on the Rio Grande Southern and features two scenes. It is uh, one side is Ofer and the other side is Vance Junction, and he's modeled each scene pretty faithfully, and it is a small layout, and it's a loop, and there's a passing siding and a couple of customers, and right now we have the layout on display, and a lot of people are crowded around it, and People are taking pictures and asking questions, and it's just a really nifty example of what you can do in a small space. You don't need to have a large space to build a layout, narrow gauge or standard gauge or otherwise. So we have a lot of stuff going on in the booth, a lot of fun here. We've had a lot of people come up and introduce themselves as longtime readers, fans of the magazine. So it's just great meeting people and connecting with the people that we make the magazines for. Sounds like a lot of fun. Now, one of the things I always enjoy about going to shows like this is uh, that the manufacturers use shows like the National Train Show to unveil new products. What are some of the exciting announcements from the exhibitors at the show this year? Uh, Very interesting. I got to talk to a few manufacturers today, finally. Atlas Model Railroad Company is here, and they had a few new pieces of equipment, including if you're in an urban area, you see this all the time, trash trains, urban ore, municipal solid waste. Atlas has just released a new series of uh, 85-foot flat cars and the 20-foot containers that carry trash in both HO and N scale, and they had samples of those here decorated for the first time. They looked really good. They also had a new series of steel coil cars out in HO and N, first decorated samples there also looked really good. And uh, this announcement caught me a little bit by surprise. Maybe it's because I, I wasn't aware of the transaction, but Branch Line Trains is getting out of the equipment manufacturing. They're going to stick with structures and continue on their fine line of structures. Atlas has acquired the tooling for their passenger and freight cars, and Atlas is going to continue producing those passenger and freight cars, including the uh, series of heavyweight Pullmans that's coming out right now, and a few of their freight cars. They're going to be called the Branch Line Series. 
and you're going to see Atlas continue on that tradition of quality and bringing out more heavyweight cars in the future. So that was exciting. Also stopped by the Walters booth. Walters always has a lot of neat stuff to look at. They're, of course, continuing their current train, which is the Broadway Limited series. They're doing the entire series of cars that you need to represent the post-war Broadway Limited of Pennsylvania Railroad. And one of the exciting things they had today to show was the first pre-production sample of the distinctive blunt-end observation car that brought up the rear of the Broadway Limited. And that's always cool to see, because I think everyone knows these classic streamliners by their observation cars and the tail signs that they brought up. So it's always neat to see how these trains are going to finish They also had a series of the first samples they got back from the factory of the new El Capitan cars. The train for 2011 is the Santa Fe's El Capitan, and the neat thing about that train was the distinctive high-level equipment from Pullman Standard, and they had some samples undecorated of the first put-together pre-production samples of the high-level cars, the transition uh, dorm baggage car, things like that. That was neat to see because that's a distinctive prototype right there. And those are also the forerunners of today's uh, Amtrak Superliner cars. So it's kind of neat to see the heritage of where that idea came from. They also had a great series of HO scale details for city streets. You had some subway kiosks that look like the subway entrances you might see in New York City. Also, if you're on a city street, freight elevators, little small elevators that pop up out of the sidewalk. That's a new detail they're working on. And that those will both work with their existing cornerstone line of street system. Something that was really exciting was seeing this new steel framework for a skyscraper. That's a new kit they're coming out with, and they're really excited about it because it's highly customizable. Many configurations, you can show a scene of a skyscraper under construction using steel I-beams. And a really neat detail that's sometimes overlooked is they're to include decals for the chalk marks. As they're erecting a steel structure, they will mark up the I-beams. This goes on the first floor, this goes on the second floor, and you can include that detail So really exciting stuff from Walters. Another group I visited was BLMA. BLMA was announcing their new series of modern cantilever signals. Railroads all across North America are replacing their old signals with brand-new aluminum structures, and BLMA is bringing out a series of right-handed structures to complement the left-handed structures they brought out earlier. And BLMA also announced uh, a new series of TTX flat cars. So now you can model modern TTX flat cars decorated for the 70s, for the 80s, and for the 90s. And no one else is doing that right now. So it's always great to see what's coming from BLMA because they're always on top of the enthusiast who is looking to model the modern scene. So that's what I saw from the manufacturers. There's plenty of other manufacturers here. Didn't get a chance to visit with everyone, but there is a lot to see here at the National Train Show. It sure sounds like it. Now, how about exhibition layouts? They always draw the big crowds. Any layouts at the show that really stand out for you this year? Yes, there are some great layouts here. All scales are represented. You have your HO, your N, your O, your O high rail. There's even a group here doing 132nd scale. What really caught my attention, there's several groups here actually representing Z-scale modular. There's some Z-scale Fremo here. The Bad Boys group is here. There's a few other groups here. Another group here. I didn't catch which club they're with, but there's an HO-scale Fremo layout here. And one scene that really caught my eye, they have a roundhouse scene, and part of the roundhouse is cut away to the edge of the layout, and you can look inside the roundhouse. It's fully detailed and lit on the inside, and when you look inside, you really feel like you're inside a roundhouse somewhere. And I took some photos just this afternoon, and I'm going to get those up on our Facebook page for Railroad Model Craftsman's website. So if you visit our Facebook later, you'll be able to see some of the things I've seen here at the National Train Show. Excellent. Now, have you 
you had a chance to take any of the uh, NMRA convention in at all? I did. I got here. Uh, I flew in on Wednesday mostly to help set up uh, and get ready for a national train show. I was able to take part in some of the uh, evening clinics, a few of the ones I dropped in on. Bruce Chubb is out here. Those of you may uh, recognize his name. Bruce Chubb pioneered a system called the Computer Model Railroad Interface way back in the 80s, where you can take your model railroad and with some custom hardware and custom software, you can make some pretty sophisticated signal control systems. And so I caught one of his clinics that I've read Bruce Chubb's articles for years, and I've never had a chance to see him speak. So it was great to go pop in on one of his clinics. He did one on introduction to signal systems. So he explained first the difference between automatic block, permissive block, CTC, and so on. So it's really interesting to learn about the different types of signal systems. And then he started to explain about how his computer model railroad interface works. And then he actually gave a full track of two- and three-part clinics explaining in great detail how the programming and hardware works for his system. So that was fascinating to see because even though he's been doing this for going on 30 years, his core idea is still very relevant and he's continually updating his software and his hardware. So very fascinating to see that. A fellow named Steve Moore gave a great primer on layout design, and it wasn't so much on where to put your yard and where to put your stations, but it was more how do you design a layout that you want to operate and share with your friends and it's going to satisfy you for years to come. And he went through a whole series of questions, you know, what do you want to get out of your layout? What do you enjoy seeing? How will you accomplish this? How will you see it through to the end? and really make sure that you get what you want out of building your layout. Because as we all know, building a model railroad is a heavy investment in time and money and sweat equity, and you don't want to spend all that time on something that is going to disappoint you in the end. So that was a very good look at layout design philosophy. Continuing on that track, I caught another one by Robert Clark called Layout Design for Passenger Operations. I think a lot of people, you know, they see the passenger train, they see the station, and they think that's all there is to passenger train operations. But Robert Clark went into all the details about what do you do with the passenger train once it's off your layout. He talked about things like coach yards, servicing areas, commissaries. In years past, you had railway post office cars that would be spotted at the post office, baggage handling express how you would service your diners. So he went into all that detail of traditional passenger operations and how you would fit that into a model railroad, especially if you want to heavily feature passenger operation on your railroad. So that was interesting. Jimmy Simmons gave an excellent, really engaging clinic on techniques for building distressed wood structures. And this was a very interesting clinic because it was late at night. You've been at the convention all week. You're starting to feel a little tired. I have to say, Jimmy kept the entire room engaged, very animated, spoke clearly. His demonstration was great. He showed you the steps that he takes, starting with plain old wood, and the steps he takes to age it and distress it and prep all the wood that he uses to scratch build his wooden structures. Very cool stuff. The last one I caught last night was by Paul Hobbs. He gave a clinic called California Streamline Trains. He spoke all about streamlined trains that served California in the post-war era, Southern Pacific, the Western Pacific, the Santa Fe, the Northwestern Pacific. He talked about operations, how the equipment changed over the years. In the 60s, the sleepers and the diners started to come off. A lot of these trains turned into street coach-only operations. He talked about passenger operations right up to the start of Amtrak. So it's kind of interesting to see how passenger trains in the West, and California in particular, are different from what I'm used to growing up in the East and how the connections are made from East to West. For instance, I didn't know this, the California Zephyr often had a through sleeper from the New York Central. I think everyone's used to seeing this image of the California Zephyr as this beautiful bud stainless steel train from start to finish. 
he showed some photographs where all of a sudden the middle interrupted. There's this two-tone gray New York Central sleeper. So as a New York Central fan, I found that really interesting. So if I ever move to California, it's still okay if I keep my New York Central equipment I found. It's good to hear that you've been able to get out to some of the clinics, too. I know you're there to uh, help with the staffing at the Carson's booth. Uh, you've obviously met a lot of attendees at the convention and at the train show as well uh, as, since you're working it. Uh, have you run into any particularly interesting uh, folks, uh, people who've come from long distances or uh, any memorable conversations? Actually, it was very interesting. Uh, we had a lot of people stop by our booth. Uh, I noticed there was a high percentage of people from Australia coming out here, um, and I hadn't thought about this till after the fact, but quite a few visitors from Australia, quite a few visitors from the British region. We had one fellow come to us this afternoon. He came out here from Switzerland. Uh, it turns out he was a Carson's dealer, but he's also a narrow-gauge model railroader, so he was very interested to talk to Chris Lane about narrow-gauge topics. Quite a few international visitors here. There's a large uh, Japanese contingent here. Very, I've noticed a lot more international presence here this year. I was also at Milwaukee Convention last year, and there was a fair number of international presence there. But maybe it's just this year I'm just more cognizant of it. But the Australians, the person from Switzerland, and the uh, the Japanese and the British are the ones that stand out here. Now, you're attending a lot of conventions and shows these days as a member of the team at Garson's. Uh, what is it that you really like about working these shows? It is a lot of fun to travel around the country and see how different railroads operate. After a while, you think, oh, you know, you've seen one modular layout, you've seen them all. But what's really interesting, I've noticed, is that a lot of these local modular groups, they model what they know. So you go to show in Atlanta, Georgia, and you're going to see Southern Railway, Central Georgia, maybe some Clinchfield. You come out here to California, you're going to see a lot of Southern Pacific, Santa Fe, Union Pacific, Western Pacific. What's very interesting is seeing all the regional differences from layout to layout. We were in Atlanta, and we saw a layout that featured a Waffle House. Waffle House is a chain that is just ubiquitous throughout the southeast. You can't go 50 feet without seeing a Waffle House. Trevor, you'll appreciate this. There's a group here from Canada, and on their layout, they have a Tim Hortons. You're making me hungry just thinking about it. Listen, Otto, thanks for taking time out from the show to uh, join us today. It's been a treat having you here. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for talking. It's great to be out here in Sacramento, and I look forward to talking to you next time. This has been a special edition of the Model Railway Show from the National Train Show and NMRA National Convention, Extra 2011 West in Sacramento, California.